Lord, will only a few people be saved? Does that seem like kind of an odd question? It's not a question that we tend to ask all that often. Of course, some people believe that they already have the answer. The uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, for example, will tell you that only 144,000 people will make it to heaven, which must feel a little uncomfortable since there were around 5 million Jehovah's Witnesses in the world. We tend to presume that lots, probably most, people will experience God's salvation. And that's really a reflection of our confidence in God's love and mercy. After all, if most people aren't going to be saved, that doesn't speak very well for God's saving power, does it? But for the crowds listening to Jesus teach and preach, this question would have had a very different implication. Many in those crowds identified Jesus as a prophet, like the prophets that God had sent them before. Many of those Old Testament prophets had some very harsh things to say about what was about to happen to God's people. Often they would announce that as a result of their faithlessness and their frequent goings astray, that God was going to visit some disaster upon them and only a small remnant would be left. This faithful remnant, this Anawim in Hebrew, would be the ones to reestablish the covenant and would be rescued by God and rewarded for remaining faithful throughout their trials. More often than not, those trials involved a foreign or neighboring ruler invading, conquering, and taking them captive. Now, at the time that Jesus was teaching and preaching, the foreign power running the country was the Roman Empire. So the implication of the question, Lord, will only a few people be saved, is the question of whether the Romans were going to sack the country, destroy the temple, and once again only leave the Anawim, that faithful remnant, to be rescued. And this is exactly what the Romans did, by the way, in the year 69 AD. So when someone in the crowd asks Jesus this question, it's the sort of political question that you might expect that people are going to ask a prophet. But look at the answer that Jesus gives. Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I tell you, will attempt to enter but will not be strong enough. Instead of answering yes or no, Jesus tells the questioners, here's what you do. Strive to enter. Don't just wait to be rescued after a disaster, but do the hard work to get yourself in. Not that it's our own works that bring about our salvation, but what we do here and now matters. We're not supposed to just remain passive. And then there's the warning that simply knowing him isn't going to be any guarantee. The kingdom of heaven isn't going to be inherited by people who think they're his friends or who have the right ID card. Indeed, those who might be expected to be excluded, the foreigners, are going to be welcomed to God's reign. And then comes the most sobering thought of all. Some who are last will be first and some who are the first will be last. And that's yet another reminder 
that God's reign is going to overturn all of our expectations and all of our hierarchies. So the question in the gospel, are they many who will be saved, is not so much about whether I personally make the cut. It's more about all those people from the north and south and east and west who are going to find a place at the table. And this finally is the answer to that opening question. They are not just a few who will be saved. And in fact, crowds from all over the earth will be there. Your entrance into God's kingdom isn't going to be a matter of your membership in a particular tribe or nation or class. Because going forward, there is no one people that calls God his own. And even that faithful remnant isn't going to be it anymore. Instead, we're asked to strive to enter through the narrow gate. Do the things that Jesus asks his disciples to do. Work on the mission that he's given us. And if we do that, we can trust that when we get there, the narrow gate will be open. 